Hello and welcome to this week's Start Somewhere for Marie Claire with me, Sarah Vaughan. And this week I am so delighted to welcome my amazing and an extraordinary guest, Gail Galley, who's the co-founder of the Global Goals Campaign, Project Everyone and Goals House. Welcome, Gail. How are you? Hi, Sarah. Great to be here. I'm very well, thank you. Very well and looking forward to an improving year ahead. Absolutely, absolutely. And not like you're you're busy or anything. <laughs> With those three titles, I know you're juggling an awful lot. So thank you for making the time to, to, to speak with us. So as you know, in this podcast, our first question is always, how did you start out in life? Where did you kind of grow up? Uh, you know, were there some early kind of activist themes in your life? So interesting. Yes, I do get asked this question. And embarrassingly, no, there weren't. Early in my life was going off, and and that has been the the consistent trait. I grew up in Newcastle. I was the daughter of two ballroom dancers, so and my nana was a showgirl. So I I grew up doing anything, I singing, dancing, acting, loved it. And then when I found myself at university, um, hugely in debt. (laughs) By the time I left, I really needed a job, and um, and I wanted, of course, to go into television. But at that point in time, they didn't pay people to go to television. And people like me from Newcastle didn't know anyone in telly. So um, the closest job I could find that sounded a bit telly-ish was advertising. So I ended up in an ad agency. I had a great time, five years, advertising various kind of mad things from, you know, shoes to gas to sanitary towels. And then ended up advertising the Labour Party uh, when Tony Blair got into power. Yep. which gave me a taste for music, which led me closer to my sort of original idea, which led me to the, uh, Radio One, because I'd got really into the media and I'd chosen the theme tune for the election campaign. And so then I think I began to get a bit more, not exactly activisty, but um, social purpose. You know, the BBC, in my opinion, is an amazing institution upholding more than ever now, I think, independence and in, you know how important it is to have quality journalists um, seeking the truth. Um, and then I sort of had a weird turn back to advertising, which definitely did not work out because I was back to selling cars and shocks. And I left that. And that's when I met uh, my co-founder, Richard Curtis. And I was already talking with a good friend of mine, Kate Garvey, who'd come from the world of politics, that we must do something useful for the world. And then we bumped into Richard, who just promised the UN that... Um, he was going to make the Sustainable Development Goals more famous than the last lot. Um, And the UN said, great, how are you going to do that? And um, cue Kate and I. And so (laughs) this unit based from the off about, you know, again, back to showing off. Uh, Let's show the goals off as the best possible um, roadmap to to a future that we all want. And, um, And we launched them and that was a success. And so almost accidentally, we grew into a campaign unit called Project Everyone. One of the things we put on is um, is this amazing, I think now, convening moment, three or four times a year called the Goals House, which is where we've met yourself and uh, Mary Claire and, and many other wonderful leaders and organisations. And it just brings it all together. And I guess that's back to the name Project Everyone. We're all on one planet. You know, there's no passengers on this planet. We are all the crew and um, whether you're a business leader, a political leader, an activist, a reader, a child, you know, we, we are all in this thing together. And so at Goals House, we're trying to put those people representative uh, of each goal together so we can make change happen and, and get to the future we want. 
Amazing. And, and I'm all over it. I'm all over it. And, and for our listeners, I mean, I, I'm hoping that everyone has heard of the Global Goals, but do give us a bit of a kind of, you know, just for those who may have heard of them, but don't really know very much about them, please, please do kind of give us a bit of a, an explanation about what, what they are and what they'll do. Sure. So in 2000, the UN published a set of goals called the Millennium Development Goals, and they were eight goals that were largely about uh, human issues from health to uh, education to hunger. And when they expired in 2015, they were replaced by a set of goals called the Sustainable Development Goals. And the answer there is is in the title. These ones also included the planet. So they have, uh, there are 17, it's a dreadful number, but uh, there we are, uh, not bad for a to-do <laughs> list. And they include uh, things like life on land, how do we look after nature, life below water, how do we protect and use our oceans sensibly, as well as how do we end poverty, end uh, gender discrimination uh, and end hunger. Um, and they were signed up to by every country in in the, in the UN. So 193 member states signed up to these 17 goals. And they, the key thing about them also is that they are time limited. You know, we are aiming to do this by 2030. So we're five years in. Um, obviously, the pandemic has knocked things back. But as you and I have discussed before, in some ways, it's created the perfect conditions mm-hmm. to really accelerate progress, because it seems that wherever you are in the world, you're sitting, realizing that the system we were on was broken and realizing there's got to be a better way. And so we've emerged again saying, how great, we already have a plan. So let's stick to the plan, let's accelerate the plan. And the plan is the goals. And with the goals, we should be able to create shared well-being on a healthy planet. And if we all get behind them, which is on my ongoing job and mission, then we've got a chance of getting there. Amazing. And, and, and I'm all over it. And as you know, he, he absolutely huge supporter of oh. all the work you're doing and of the Global Goals. And I think, I mean, many of our listeners will go, well, that's great. That's happening at a country level. <laughs> but but like, you know, this is me. How, you know, I, I'm interested in kind of life below uh, sea or, 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 you know, how, how can I get involved? What, what are the kind of the entry level points, if you like? Well, <laughs> I know it's an enormous agenda. And the difference that we wanted to bring with the, with the sustainable development goals versus their predecessors was that sense that I I also can do something. And of course, it depends where you are in the world and what kind of conditions you're living with. It depends on what age you are. It depends, are you in a company? But if you people could start by looking at globalgoals.org, which is the site where the, all the goals are listed. Then you click on a goal. So say you're interested in life below water. What you will then see are the different targets because like any ambitious goal, it's broken down into pieces. So you might then think about um, marine pollution. Well, of course, then you get into your own habits. We all use and probably abuse the, the material world when it comes to packaging. You might have a uh, company and if or work in a company where you could become a, your own activist for sustainable sourcing and, and sensible waste usage. You know, everyone eats and therefore we all have an enormous impact on um, how we are extracting absolutely essential uh, things from the planet in our foodstuffs. So let's do that consciously and sensibly and then let's not waste 
it um, and, 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 and. I mean, you can go through every goal has got very clear targets that you could relate to wherever you are. We also run campaigns on all our social channels and they're all housed on that site, actually, about five things you can do about and actually, there's a rather good campaign we did at the end of last year I liked. It was called a factivism campaign. So let's become factivists. And each, it, it took sort of 10 of the leading goals and gave you facts about them and then gave you actions that you can take. So I think wherever you are, obviously, if you're a world leader, ideally, stick to the goals, stick to the plan and finance them as quickly as you possibly can. Yeah. But we all have our part to play. Absolutely. And, and and also one of the things that you have set up within this is, is the business adventures. Is that is that not right? Which which are, 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 are you know 17 companies supporting the 17 girls. So I'd love to hear a bit more about you know, who some of those are and what they're doing. Oh, actually, yes. I'm glad you mentioned that because um, I like the story behind it, too. So in the previous, you know, before we felt, I think, a sense of business being a problem you know, in business uh, not being connected to, you know, the real world and normal people's lives and just getting people rich and, and not doing any good. Um, and, and in the sectors that are, that the goals represent, you know, the, the various different sort of NGO sectors, I think that was really felt to be the case and they didn't really mix much. But with these new goals, not least, I think, because great business people like, like Paul Pullman um, were in at the beginning of negotiating these goals, business has always been at the table. And in terms of um, a force for good, in many cases it's it's got more potential to change for good than politics and, and countries do because they have long-term goals they have capital they have employee bases and they are making the stuff that if they make it in the right way happy days and if they make it in the wrong way planet crashes so we wanted to note the fact that businesses were a great force for good and we also wanted to use them as an example of how the rest of the private sector can play such a powerful role it to other private sector members, but also back to governments to say, look, you, the businesses on which you rely for your jobs and your taxes, they are behind this plan. So, yes, yeah, so we we set our sights high and aimed for um, the stars. And we got a few stars, actually. And then also quite a <laughs> <laughs> looking at the lineup. Wow. And Mars and, and Coke and Pepsi and Microsoft and Salesforce and a real spread across the sectors um, lining up behind a goal. And the, our ask was you know, first of all, just agree to be in this amazing lineup because as a symbol, it's so powerful. Mm. And then uh, promote the goal, all the goals that you're associated with. Join us at things like the Goals House when we are gathering people together to um, to raise ambition and to forge partnerships. And also what's happening in year two, because the partnership has worked and we're extending it. And I know we're going to talk about that in a sec. But for the Business Avengers year two, we're really starting to drill into what could we do together that couldn't be done apart. Yeah. Because I think, you know, the problems are manifest and they haven't got easier through a pandemic and therefore we need new ways to solve them. And actually, it's been so exciting watching people like, you know, a Diageo on the one hand come together with a Salesforce on another and pool ideas and pool resources. Um, you know, competitors traditionally, Rekabankiza and Unilever yeah. coming together in the same platform to work out who can do what about, you know, these different issues. So it's been a really great show of force from the private sector and, and proof that on a human level, we basically want to collaborate to make things better. And, and so that's what the Business Avengers is doing writ large. Which is so exciting. And, 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 and as you know, I'm all for collaboration and dropping the, you know, really like our, our focus needs to be on saving humanity and saving the planet, you know, really. And that's the competition and not with one another. 
We need to get ahead of the future, not uh, not look, be defeated as a species. I couldn't agree more. We need to redefine competition, basically. Yeah, we so do. And then, you know, you, you're also now looking at these kind of industry deep dives, aren't you? So, so which brings us on to, to fashion, which is very exciting. So do tell us about, about the fashion Avengers. <laughs> well, that one. So we in working through the business Avengers, a couple of the Avengers are in and around fashion, you know, Nike, for example. Um, we'd come across the work of people like the Ellen MacArthur Foundation we'd looked into the impacts that the fashion industry was having on all of the goals. And it touches all of them. You know, it touches poverty because so many garment workers are not paid what they ought to be paid. Touches uh, gender and 80 80 to 85%, I think, of people who work in the garment industry are women. And so if there's a, a... a system of malpractice going on then women are going to be really badly affected mm-hmm. and and a lot of them are mothers and therefore if they're you know not being uh, paid properly their children are being fed properly which means they're not in education so there's so and then you've got supply chain issues left right and center of people being abused and environmentally a catastrophic impact if it will will uh, will occur if we don't change our ways in terms of how we source the materials for our fabrics how we use them as as consumers how we package them up and then how we throw them away. And, and you know, you know the stats as well as I do, Sarah, that the amount of waste that goes on. And I think what we are realizing is that there is one finite planet of resources. There's plenty to go around, but we have been in an extractive pa- uh, pattern in no industry almost worse than fashion, maybe the fossil fuel industry. Though I believe I read a statistic that says fashion causes more emissions than the fossil fuel industry. Wow, I I hadn't actually seen that, but but it it, it kind of doesn't surprise me. And you add it all up, the water, yeah. you know, the the disposal, the production, the packaging, um, it you know, it's terrifying. And we were also noticing that there were a lot of positive moves afoot from different brands like Stella McCartney, such an you know visionary and going out ahead in the luxury sector. Many of the high street players beginning to realise the problem, but they weren't using the goals. And we wondered whether the goals could be a help here in, in accelerating the changes we wanted to see. And we had, had enjoyed the Business Avengers model. And so we thought, let's let's trial it with fashion. So we tested it out with a few early players, Marie Claire being one of them, and they enthusiastically joined in. And, and, I, and it's been really exciting. So we just did a goals house uh, in January, the January Dialogues, and we announced the Fashion Avengers. So we, we are still open for some, they're not all full, but really coming together beautifully with a real diversity of players. So I think that's the other thing about fashion. It touches everything. It's not just about the brands. It's about the industry around the fashion industry as well, the, you know, the publishing industry, the cleaning industry. We're so excited to have Vanish working with us because they have made it their purpose to have people uh, hang on to their clothes for longer, you know, and, and support them in, in, in making them clean and, and fresh for yeah. use again. And, we have- and when you look at the stats, I mean, like, you know, one in two garments are thrown away because of stains. So if, you know, like if, if we <laughs> Actually, like, you know, that is an easy, like, problem solve, right? Think of it like 1% of of, of a thing isn't quite right, so I'm going to bin it. Imagine if we did that with our houses. You know, oh, I don't like my, you know, my larder cupboard, so I'm going to move house and and throw the house away. I mean, that's what we're doing. It's crazy. Yeah. So I always feel, you know, we need to buy clothes. Literally, we buy food you know, with labels on it, you know, about like <laughs> what calories and increasingly kind of what, you know, where was it sourced? Do we need to do the same with clothes? <laughs> and what was the environmental impact of, of this pair of jeans or this dress, you know, who made it, 
We need to raise awareness. I mean, we need to sound the alarm, but I think that is being sounded and provide the solutions. And that's why I think the Avengers become a really interesting and useful set because it stretches from as brands, a laundry brand, Rankin is our creative director, you know, so he's he's got the eye, right? He can style it. We've got um, a couple of uh, startup, you know, Pangaea is this fantastic startup which um, uses um, utterly biodegradable and renewable materials end to end in its chain. So by bringing all of this knowledge and creativity together, we don't we can not just raise the alarm because some of the um, platforms have got huge reach, but we can also uh, provide the solutions. And my dream would be that the Fashion Avengers becomes a public thing. So people can, I could sign up to be an Avenger myself. So that might come later. Yeah. And, and, and I know, I mean, that's something, you know, as Marie Claire, we're so excited to be part of this, you know, it really fits with, with what we've been trying to do with Start Somewhere. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm personally like all over this and so enthusiastic and, and yet yeah, that is our desire. We're going to ask, you know, all our readers and listeners, you know, to become a fashion Avengers. Uh, it's so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. And we'll make it cool and fun. And but I think people really want to. I mean, I, we've all been stuck at home, haven't we, in the pandemic? How many wardrobe clearouts have we done? And and you see the just the volume of things you had in your wardrobe. You think, what was I doing? You know, and these things are all there to be repurposed, reused thoughtfully. And I think everybody wants to know how. So it's exciting to see the platforms bringing up for, you know, exchange. It's exciting to see stylists getting like Bay Garnet and Selfridges coming together, working on it. And Rankin's got some great ideas about bringing out your unused to offer it around again. It's everyone wants to be part of this. I think We, we all know. I think all of us are thinking enough is enough. I'm so interested in seeing what happens when things, you know, quote, go back to normal. But I think there'll have been a shift in consciousness. So if we're there ready with the tools to behave differently, then I think we'll see some really great participation. Yeah, I I, I so agree. And I, I'm so excited about it. Now we, we're kind of getting to 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 the stage in in this in this cock up. We've kind of already like covered it, but like really, you know, for those people who are listening, you know, what's your kind of top tips or or kind of you know asks for everyone who who, who is listening? What 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 can they do? Do you mean in fashion specifically? In generally and in fashion specifically, I'm I, I'm I'm not going to limit you to to yeah. to, 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 to go for it. Oh gosh, so, I mean, there's so many things we can do, and I, I, what one, one would hate to come across as being preachy because I'm I'm absolutely not perfect myself. So that's it. take all this with that enormous dose of humility. But I think the most effective and easy, easily actionable things, and trying to guess who's listening to this, you know, who's giving you your energy? That's a really big one. Look mm-hmm. at your the source of energy for your home and are you on the greenest possible source um because that's a really easy switch um look at the food you're buying in terms of food miles and a seasonality you know it's I now go into, you know, if I'm in a food hall and you see strawberries, I'm in the UK and you see strawberries in the middle of winter and you think this is just unnecessary. <laughs> so don't prop it up, you know, <laughs> go for what is, of course, we all need this and that as a treat every now and again, but just don't be thoughtless on it. You know, if, if you're looking at your apples and you're in a part of the world that makes apples, then work a bit harder to find ones that came from where you come from rather than Chile, where I mean, you know, there's endless apples from Chile in the UK. It's, it's insane. We make loads of That's the best apples in the world, I would say, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, and they keep for ages. Anyway, so so look at where the food comes from and just don't just don't be thoughtless about it look at the packaging things come in because i think it, when customers move on mass then businesses react you know if everyone stopped buying the triple wrapped 
you know, what was the awful thing recently? The the cauliflower that was wrapped in plastic that was then put in styrofoam. If we all stop buying that, it, the, the, the businesses will stop making them. So there's those sorts of choices. I think when it comes to clothes, I, I think it's there's just a few simple things that everyone could make. Before you buy anything, really challenge yourself. Do I actually need that? Like, really, do I need that? Or if I went back into the wardrobe, especially as I say these days, you'd probably find you've already bought five of those in the last two years and only one, two of them. So first of all, do you really need to buy it? Second of all, if you, yes, I am literally shirtless and I have to do an interview on Zoom. Okay, so do you, where could you find a shirt that was perhaps not a brand new one? So look at all these interesting new sites that are coming up yeah. um, that, that you can swap or borrow uh, or, or buy uh, previously owned clothing then if you do have to buy something new and of course we all sometimes will just really go into the uh the values and behaviors of that brand you know do, are they talking about this kind of stuff do they have a policy how is it going to be delivered to you um and then actually i bought some a piece of furniture the other day for a part of our house and it came in such insane packaging that i quite rarely go online i went online and rated it uh, and i rated yes this is lovely but the packaging was shocking and all this is all played out in public now so i got a response from them about well this is this and I, I gave went back and so you know use your voice if you um see it's practice that you don't agree with but certainly use your your wallet so back on the fashion only buy the highest quality you can afford I would say because it'll last longer and the chances are therefore it has been more sensitively produced and stay the crap away from a, a dress that is purporting to be sold for what was that dress recently 80 85 pence or something I mean hello right How has anyone been paid to make that how where has how has that been that has been sent through the dirtiest of channels with the cheapest of materials with the most toxic dyes and it will even if it gets you in one piece it will last 10 minutes so just every step of the way think 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 yeah wonderful advice girl thank you so much for being my amazing guest uh this week it's such a pleasure thanks for being a partner Oh, well, we, we're, we're all over it. We're so excited. And, and you know, we look forward to working with you and to, to many, many exciting updates for our listeners and readers um, in, in the next months and, and year to come. Thanks, Sarah.